can't stay off the weed. Get off the weed because you want to smoke some weed. You couldn't stay off the weed. <laughs> he ain't getting busted for using weed. All three of y'all say, oh, it's mine. The weed was mine. We ah, I want to hear that. You can't get off the weed because you want to smoke some weed. And whether it's the weed or alcohol, you can't chill when millions of people sit there and try to come to these dudes' defense. Acting like, oh, well, you know what? It ain't nothing wrong with it or whatever. Everything eviscerated, thrown away, confiscated, taken from you because you can't stay off the weed. Stay off. Let's go. Welcome back to the CVMK show. I'm your host, CVMK himself, Mr. CVMK33 on Instagram. Look, we're going to cover the collective bargaining agreement of the NBA. It has just been finalized, and we need to go through this with a fine tooth comb. I'm beginning a series called The Rules Matter because the reality is the little stuff in fine print is how. They can manage and leverage and control you. And you need to understand the rules of the game or else why play them, right? So the CBA is definitely something we want to cover, something we want to get into, something we're going to get into because it is what it is on the CBMK show. We'll be back for more. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. All right, y'all, www.cvmkglobal.store. Get your supplements. They look super thick. You're trying to grow. You're trying to round out and really have a look. You need the best creatine on the market. Super thick. Only at www.cvmkglobal.store. Let's get into it. So the NBA Collective uh, Agreement has just been released. We're going to cover it from uh, the beginning and really break down what it means for uh, the NBA. So, it's been finalized. Let's analyze the particulars, some things that popped out. I want to cover uh, some of the compensation structure, uh, the marijuana weed policy, the arrest policy, uh, the media policy, which I'm nicknaming the Marshawn Lynch rule, uh, just for part one, and really how it's going to shape the future of NBA uh, activity. So compensation protection, Article 2, Section 23, page 23. <laughs> uh, I think this is actually 120. Yes. No, it is Section 23, page 23. There are no more guarantees in the salary for NBA contracts. Teams have created an avenue and a highway to exit out of negotiated deals based off of performance. So just because we signed you for $100 million a year, if you do not perform, 
we don't have to pay you all of the hundred million dollars. Let's read. When a team agrees to protect in a whole or in part, in whole or in part, the base compensation provided by a uniform player contract in the event such contract is terminated by the team, pursuant to paragraph 16A3, therefore by reason of the player's lack of skill, such agreement shall mean that subject to any conditions or limitations set forth in the section 4A or exhibit 2 to the uniform player contract or expressly set forth elsewhere in the agreement, notwithstanding the provisions of paragraph 16A3, 16D, 16E, 16G, or such contract, the termination of such contract by the team or account of the player's failure to exhibit sufficient skill or competitive ability shall in no way affect the player's right to receive in whole or in part the base compensation payable pursuant to exhibit one, so when you break it down, you understand that there is a baseline. There is a guaranteed of a minimal floor that they have to pay each player. That has already been established according to the uh, provisions of the uniform uh, player contract in paragraph 16A, D, E, and G. But there is a provision called the lack of skill that subject to any conditions limitations set forth in this, elsewhere the agreement notwithstanding the provisions, the termination of such contract on the team's uh, on the team on account of the player's failure to exhibit sufficient skill uh, doesn't affect the right to receive, but it can affect how much you will receive, right? So the lack of skills, let's say like we draft, you know, whoever, whoever, Robert, Robert, let's say you had two first names, Robert, Robert, uh, and Robert is a bust, right? Uh, but we paid Robert, Robert, we have to guarantee a certain amount of minimal payment because it's already provided in uh, the structure. However, because Robert Robert has basically been compliant with the lack of skill, right? Uh, that means there's some wiggle room. It's kind of this compromise where it's not the NFL. They can't just get rid of you. They can't just throw you away to the highway side and say, you know, Robert Robert be gone. But what it does allow for is the metrics and the gauge of underdevelopment. So if your contract is tied to KPIs and metrics that the individual is not living up to, certain provisions can be enacted that safeguards the team from any penalty of a discharge. That was the whole thing. And I've seen this coming. There has to be a way for the owners to gain back control. If you have a player-dominated player personality probe league, the owners feel more at liberty, or not at liberty, but liability than they do as safeguarded investments. An owner is called an owner for a reason. What it allows for is the understanding that if there is underdevelopment on behalf of the player alone, the guaranteed minimum will be protected pursuant to 16A, 3D, E, and G of such contract. Whatever the contract says, these are the floors. You have four floors that guarantees a certain amount of passage. But the extra, you know, any bonuses tied to it, any uh, exceeding uh, value, anything that could place you into a top tier or a heavier category of income being received, can now be relegated based off of the lack of performance. At the end of the day, businesses are going to do what they do to protect the business even over the player. That is the rule of capitalism. That is the rule of business. The business will always supersede the person. The brand has to be bigger than the individual. 
And you might see this as an infringement upon right, but it is a way to ensure the continuance of such entities. You can't have an entity so large that it can sink the battleship, right? That they have more influence than the ones that are paying them. So in order to allow things to function the way it was designed to function, you had to create a more humane avenue. What this allows for is that if the team agrees to protect whatever it agreed to protect, that is what is going to guarantee. That is the base compensation. Whatever is not agreed upon, whatever variables, whatever add-ons, whatever incentives uh, are established within the confines of the team, that can be made null and void because of the lack of skill, which I call the right to work of the at will, which basically gives the employer the right to let you go. So you can be fired <laughs> if they do not feel that you're worth the protection of the investment. I want to cover max money. Limitations have been set. So metrics are the new gauge, right? It's not anymore about how many Nike commercials you have, how many Adidas commercials, how many Reebok, how many Converse. Now the Converse is owned by Nike. How many, you know, uh, news, you know, Tronus deals and new uh, companies that are entering into the space. How many ASICs deals. It's more about compliance to the metrics. Everybody is in the sales, whether you like it or not. And I think the athlete has to realize you are the product. As much as they value your persona, your personality, your on and off the court activities, your charitable activities, your political, personal, and or religious stands, you are a product nevertheless. The new agreement goes on to state that notwithstanding any provision of this agreement, no player contract entered into on or after the effective date of this agreement may provide a salary plus unlike the bonuses the first season covered by the contract that sees the following amount for any player who has completed fewer than seven years of service the greater 25 percent of the salary crap is in effect you cannot exceed that at the time the contract is executed 105 percent of the salary for the final season of player's prior contract provided however that a player has four years of service as of june 30th following the end of the last season covered by this player's contract 50 year eligible players shall be eligible to receive his prior teams up to 30% of the salary cap and effect at time of the contract of the executed player has not met at least one of the following criteria the high mass criteria as of July 1st players fourth season the player has to be named to the all NBA first team second or third was named defensive player of the year in immediately preceding season or in two seasons during the immediately preceding, preceding three seasons or the player was named MVP during one of the immediate preceding three seasons what it allows for is the understanding that any player has to abide by a certain set of criteria. So you take the LeBron James, who I believe was named to third. He made him. I got to check my sources on that. Qualifies because he has the years in and he set these other criteria. So if you have the years in, but you don't have the criteria, you can be knocked down a level. If you don't have the years in, but you hit the criteria, you can still be knocked down a level. What it does, it allows the performance to dictate the pay, but you're always chasing uh, the bunny, right? You're always chasing the pot of gold at the end. Um, it basically says one player can no longer just, you know, eat up all the um, the financial resources of a team. So a player like Damian Lillard, even though, you know, Dame qualifies for the, 
uh, high max criteria because of the accolades, not, you know, because of being placed in the All-NBA team. And because he has the years in, he can now exceed 105% of the salary cap. He now qualifies for 30% of the team salary and placing them over 105% uh, without penalty. But if you're not Damian Lillard, if you don't have the years and you don't hit the high max criteria, no matter how popular you are on the ground and how much social media influence you have, you will not qualify for certain uh, monies as far as a guarantee of certain monies. It goes on to say for any player who has completed at least seven years or fewer than 10 years of service, the greater of 30% of the salary cap is in effect at the time. Uh, the contract is executed 105% of the salary for the final season of the player's prior contract, provided, however, that a player who has eight or nine uh, years of service at the time the contract is executed and renders such years service for the, term, for the team which uh, he first executed a player contract, or if he was under a player contract more than one team during such period, changed teams only by trade during Article 237.4 salary cap years in which he was under a player contract. Eligible to enter into a designated veteran player contract pursuant to which he was seized from his prior team up to 35% of the salary cap. What it allows, and to reiterate the point, that player has a responsibility to fulfill the requirements on a year, on a length of service term, and on a key performance indicator term. No such player can... Uh, basically weave in and out without restriction. So having these barometers in place ensures that there is a successful, um, yeah, that there is a successful setup so that teams can honor their budgets, teams can abide by the budgets and allow the budgets to dictate uh, the pace of pay. Media responsibility, I'm gonna get into here. the blocked it from display. So I'm going to get into here. Uh, the NFL, you know, blocked it because it was on their copyright. But basically, I call this the Marshawn Lynch, um, you know, rule. Article 4, Section 6, page 115. All players should be required each season to attend, participate in one media training session conducted by their team and or NBA. If a player without proper reasonable cause fails or refuses to attend a media training session, he shall be fined $20,000. All players shall be required each season to attend and participate in one business of basketball program conducted by the team and or NBA player without proper or reasonable excuse fails or refuses to attend such program. Uh, program he should be fined 5000 Honestly, I think this fee is too light. All it's basically requiring is that you have to do your job as a professional, right? Like as a professional, you are a product of the NBA and then therefore a product of the team. You have certain media obligations in order to increase the brand awareness of the team and uh, or the league itself. Therefore, you can't just brush off and say, hey, I got a movie to shoot. I can't do this. Um, so or go on the and say, I'm only here so I won't get fined. It ensures that you will be a consummate professional at all times. Right. That uh, as a hired, um, not gun, so to speak, but as a hired rep, as a hired entity and player and talent. You have a professional obligation to fulfill all media requirements. That's what the job entails. All right. I'm going to cover this. Go watch this video. I'm going to break down the new, I'm calling this the John Morant rule. This is article two, section 16 under player arrest. This is the new rules under such agreement. Let's watch uh, Gil's Arena's podcast, review his content, review the new law in place. We're going to break it down. 
Let's, let's go back to Ja for a second. What advice would you give Ja now, now that he hasn't made this All-NBA team, now that his character has been called into question by the people that are responsible and have control over him getting his bag? But I told you this is going to happen. Yeah, I said this is going to happen. So he has all – the most important summer of this man's career is this summer. He better lock himself in the gym, in the house. Huh? Cut them drip. Come, Come back on, next year. Off. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go yes. Turn back into Demetrius. Same image he already has. That's what I'm saying. So, what, is, what should he do? 
cut his hair, right? Cut his hair. Get rid of the get rid of the, 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 the dread look. But he still got to be in the public. No, he don't. That's the worst thing for him right now. Because while he's in the public, he's gonna still be doing the same thing they've already labeled him as. So that's the that one thing he don't want to see. We want to be able to see how, him. What about his relevance? His relevance. All right, let's break that down. This a cut his hair. Uh, revamp his security detail get a security detail revamp it um <laughs> and change the whole image um agreed i'm not gonna comment on that um those guys played in the nba all of them except uh, i think the one on the couch you had brandon jennings or kenny martin uh and rashard mccants uh gilbert arenas so i mean they can speak to it as a player level my focus is to just cover the rule that the nba has now agreed on because the law is the law of the land the law is in place. The, uh, the law, based on the new CBA, says whenever a player is physically present at a facility or venue owned, operated, or being used by a team, the NBA or any league-related entity, whenever a player is traveling on any NBA-related business, whether on behalf of the player's team, the NBA, or a league-related entity, such player shall not possess a firearm of any kind, not even a toy gun flashing on the ground, definitely not in a strip club on an away game, or any daily weapon for the purposes of the foregoing a facility or venue includes but is not limited to an arena practice facility team or league office or facility a facility or venue used for nba events such as an in-season tournament all-star or nba playoff venue at the site of a promotional or charitable appearance at the commencement of each season and if the player owns or possesses any firearm the player will provide the team with proof that the player possesses a license or registration as required by law for any such firearm, each player is also required to provide the team with proof of any modifications or additions made to the information during the season. Any violation of Section 9A or Section 9B above should be considered conduct prejudicial to the NBA under Article 35D of the NBA Constitution and bylaws and shall therefore subject the player to discipline by the NBA in accordance with such article. So I'm calling this the John Morant rule because it's stating that it is not illegal to own a firearm. It's illegal to freely uh, uh, display it in a manner that can be interpreted the wrong way, particularly during the season. Because to say a venue, win, promotion for the team, this just covers a lot of ground. So basically, when in NBA season, there should be no footage of you in the strip club holding up a gun. There should be no footage of you riding with your homies holding up a toy gun. There should be no footage of you with the gun unless you are at a gun range if you are legally carrying one you have to show uh the permits or anything that is required by state and or federal law you have to be in full compliance and notify the nba prior to such handling of such weapon anything beyond that will result in uh penalty this is literally speaking to this event and i knew that was going to happen uh definitely should have happened i think this is why Kenyon martin uh senior brings up this great point as a father you don't want to watch your son you know go down in flames regardless of how you feel about weapons i'm not arguing i mean i'm not trying to argue the second amendment i'm not trying to see what pro or not pro gun it is a matter of responsibility yet he broke no laws i understand he did not break any legal state federal laws there's nothing illegal that john Find its stance on any firearms. And if you're going to be employed by the NBA, whether you agree with it or not, these are the rules you have to follow. Now, you don't have to follow them, but you don't have to work either. 
And I think that is uh, the caveat there. You don't have to follow them, but you don't have to work, right? Wherever the company or in however situation the company is defined the interactions between such players, that's what you have to abide by. And in this case, John Morant, you know, this, these are the new rules for everybody so that going forward, if any player decides to act in such manner, uh, there will <laughs> there will be a price to be paid. Yeah. All right. So we all know cannabis is a big business. The NBA has had to really redefine because uh, players now can smoke. But to the point, to how much they invest in it, can they legally, you know, sell cannabis versus CBD? The difference between the two. So I'm going to play this clip because this is still a classic clip from Stephen A. Smith, you know, on ESPN on his stay off the weed. Uh, and then we're going to go down into the NBA's new weed policy. We come on now, and then you come on TV, you come on national TV. Oh, Stephen A, you gotta look out, look out for what? We, we really have kids for weed. Period. We stay off the weed. Who are you, Snoop Dogg in a green room? I mean, what, what the hell is going on? You want to sit there and stay on the weed? And you can't stay off the weed. It's stay off the weed. Millions of dollars, and you can't stay off the weed. Get off the weed because you want to smoke some weed. You couldn't stay off the weed. <laughs> Even getting busted for using weed. All three of y'all say, oh, it's mine. The weed was mine. We. Ah, I want to hear that. You can't get off the weed because you want to smoke some weed. And whether it's the weed or alcohol, you can't chill with millions of people sit there and try to come to these dudes' defense, acting like, oh, well, you know what? It ain't nothing wrong with it or whatever. Everything eviscerated, thrown away, confiscated, taken from you because you can't stay off the weed. Stay off the damn weed. <laughs> and they don't listen. Stupid. Whether it's the weed. If you can't stay off the weed. Hey, I it wasn't all. He literally made it. Oh, my God. Viral moments of stay off the weed. Well, anyway, so the NBA has evolved. Um, they understand the financial gain for players that partake, uh, the economical interest that cannabis provides. Pursuant to the new uh, CPA, investment in the cannabis companies uh, subject to Section 20B2 below in the Article 8, a player may hold a direct or indirect ownership interest, whether controlling or not controlling in such entity that produces or sells CBD products, provided that a such entity does not produce or sell one or more products containing the prohibited substance, which is weed, or any Schedule One or two substance under the Controlled Substances Act. And B, such interest is held as such operates in compliance with all applicable laws and regulations subject to Article 8. A player may hold direct and indirect ownership interest in a marijuana company provided that such interest is passive, includes no management, governance, voting, executive role, or operational rights roles. A player's ownership interest is equal to a less than 50% beneficial interest in a class, securities, 
uh, of ownership interest in such a marijuana company, including via partnership interest and fund owns an interest marijuana company. Such interest is held in such regulations for clarity, except set forth in 20B. If you go to 20A, which I thought was already part of here, they define the difference between CBD and cannabis. CBD um, obviously has less than 0.5% of THC, which makes you high, which weed has 0.5 and greater. CBD, a player can use and sell. Cannabis, anything over that 0.5 threshold uh, is where the NBA kind of has some regulations. It's not saying that players cannot have interest, cannot profit off of the sale of cannabis. They can't be a majority owner. Uh, they have to regulate it and all products have to pass uh, and make sure they're not in conflict in violation of Schedule 1 or 2 substance of the Controlled Substances Act. So even though Stephen A has definitely made uh, his stay off the weed uh, comment, uh, definitely a viral comment, uh, it is interesting to see the evolution of the NBA and understanding that you know marijuana weed is is a part of the game, whether we want to admit it or not. Uh, some might argue it's safer than some of the treatments that they've given players uh, to deal with, you know, recovery and pain management. Uh, you'd listen to Matt Barnes, Stephen A. Jackson. They said, you know, the opioid or epi- uh, basically addiction and stuff when. NBA was definitely pushing heavy painkillers in the 80s and 90s, did a lot more damage than marijuana itself. Uh, so this is an interesting evolution. Cannabis is big business, <laughs> uh, but it's still funny and uh, it's still true to stay off the weed specifically <laughs> directed, <laughs> but it's it's still funny, uh, nevertheless. All right. And with that being said, we're going to go to a quick word. Hey, what's up? It's CVMK33. Look, I want you to subscribe, hit the notification bell, subscribe here, 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 everywhere so you can get the latest and greatest of this podcast content. Stay tuned. All right, y'all, subscribe YouTube at CVMK. Click, like, share, comment, like, subscribe to the notification bell, get all the amazing content at YouTube at or on YouTube, I should say, at CVMK, and we're all podcasts are heard. So, you know, going down, and this is just part one, the collective bargaining agreement is a 676-page document with over 121 sessions. Oh, no, excuse me, not 121, 21, that'd be a lot, with over 21 sessions. Um, it covers a mass array of information. Uh, I think this is the start. I think understanding how the play years contracts are made up uh the restrictions the bonuses i'm definitely going to get into the bonuses i'm going to cover gambling next time uh but it's understanding the new rules of engagement and something that should happen with all players regardless of you're the lebron james of the world or your wimby is that your lawyer your advisor uh your manager should be sitting down with these players and going over every single entity so they understand properly what they can and cannot do what they can participate in and what they cannot, because if you had or, you know, like Al Harrington, I think is the CEO of the largest black owned cannabis firm. And let's say Al was playing today by that standard, he would be in violation of the CBA and would not be able to play. So these things have to be considered uh, so that life can continue to go forward. And if you're going to work for an employer, an employer has rules and rules is what makes the world go around. And with that being said, I'll be back for my final 
I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the Superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. Stay off the weed. I think what Stephen A in my final thought, what Stephen A is really trying to focus on is it's not about is it wrong or is it not wrong. It's about you have been given the opportunity of a lifetime to change the trajectory for you yourselves and your loved ones. And you are going to enter into a stratosphere of economic value that most human beings in the world will never attain to and to violate or potentially jeopardize such gain for reasons of just man petty offense or immaturity says a lot about you as a professional what every athlete has to understand is that they are an employee they might be the tallest the biggest they might be eight foot tall with a hundred inch vertical that can run a four uh, 40-yard dash in two seconds, run 100 meters in five seconds. They can break all records, uh, but they themselves are employees. They work for the sponsors, they work for the brand, and they work for the fans. And ultimately, these three entities have the say over you and allow you to have the lifestyle that you're currently living. Though there has been abuse from owners onto players and and probably reverse from players to owners. But all interaction, all social engagement should always operate within the optimized, harmonious state. I have a job to do. You pay me for the job that I'm doing. and You respect me as an individual while doing the job. I comply to the rules that are set forth to the best of my abilities. You reward me for my compliance and you don't make it your job to overly tax and so on and so forth, the wheel may turn. Players that do not accept this, that think they can live above the law, will find themselves on the outside looking in. And then they'll be forced, just like everybody else, and that is hustle. When you have been given this great opportunity, take full advantage. Take full advantage so that you can create something so that the next player doesn't have to feel as scrutinized. This has been another episode of CBMK Show because it is what it is. Yo, look, connect with me. YouTube, CBMK. Instagram is what it is. Underscore show, CBMK underscore global, CBMK 33. You see it right there. TikTok, CBMK global. Go to where the best supplements are at www.cbmkglobal.store. And until next time, guys. Thanks.